From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, President Yoon vetoes a bill to establish an independent investigation into the 2022 Itaewon crowd crush disaster. North Korea holds third test for cruise missile development in one week. And the U.S. Chamber of Commerce protests South Korea's move to regulate the dominance of large online platform businesses. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Daniel Chen. President Yoon Sang-yeol has vetoed a special bill to establish an independent investigation into the 2022 Itaewon crowd crush disaster that resulted in 159 deaths and nearly 200 injuries. The government instead promised to set up a special committee on state support for victims and their families. Yoon Soyang reports. A special bill on the 2022 Itaewon crowd crush disaster that passed in the opposition-dominated parliament on January 9th was vetoed by President Yoon Sang-yeol on Tuesday. Earlier in the day, the cabinet approved a motion requesting the National Assembly to reconsider the contentious bill, a prelude to Yoon's ninth veto since taking office in May 2022. Presiding over the cabinet meeting, Prime Minister Han Dok-su emphasized the unconstitutionality of the special bill in terms of the special pro panel's authority to seek a search and seizure warrant. The prime minister also noted concerns that the composition of the panel will compromise fairness and neutrality based on selection as stipulated under the bill. The government has instead pledged to establish a victim support committee to draw up support measures for the victims and their families, such as expanded medical fee payouts and compensation before a final court ruling. The government also vowed to consult with the families to create a memorial venue for the victims and to prepare steps to revitalize the economy in the Itaewon neighborhood. The ruling People Power Party, for its part, has proposed a renegotiation of the bill, adding that it is willing to agree to the passage so long as its contentious clauses are removed. The main opposition Democratic Party, on the other hand, criticized the president's veto for lacking justification, arguing that no compensation can be rendered without revealing the truth behind the tragedy. Yoon Soo-hyung, KBS World, Radio News. North Korea waited all of two days to conduct another cruise missile test. With a throat launch in under a week, South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said that the North appears to be conducting the test as part of efforts to accelerate the performance of the missiles. Tom McCarthy has more on the latest provocation. North Korea launched another cruise missile toward the Yellow Sea on Tuesday. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff announced that the launch was detected at around 7 a.m., believed to be of the recently unveiled Pulhwasa-331 strategic missile from around Pyongyang. South Korean and U.S. intelligence authorities are analyzing the details of the unidentified weapons, while the JCS said surveillance of the North has increased in collaboration with the U.S. The JCS has speculated that the series of tests are a part of efforts to advance the capabilities of the missiles to be launched from land as well as both above and below sea with nuclear warheads mounted. Military officials in Seoul estimate that the missiles have a range of 2,000 kilometers. The firing is the second in only two days and the third in under a week after North Korea announced last Thursday that it conducted the first test launch the day before of the all-new Pulhwasal 331. Pyongyang again claimed on Monday to have tested the missiles the previous day, this time that they were submarine-launched cruise missiles, although the assertion was dismissed as highly unlikely by the JCS based on the requisite technical developments. Tom McCarthy, KBS World Radio News. 
You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul, Korea. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and the Secretary General of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization have expressed concerns over arms transfers between North Korea and Russia. According to a press release by the White House, Sullivan and Jens Stoltenberg held talks in Washington on Monday and expressed concern over Russia's procurement of North Korean military equipment and its use against Ukraine. The two sides also discussed planning for the NATO summit set for July in Washington and underscored the Allies' shared commitment to military readiness and the defense of NATO territory. The White House added that the NATO Secretary General reaffirmed the alliance's unflinching support for Ukraine. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce has voiced opposition to South Korea's proposed regulations to curb the dominance of large online platform businesses. Charles Freeman, Senior Vice President for Asia at the U.S. Chamber, issued a statement on Monday expressing concerns about Seoul's apparent rush to pass platform legislation that reportedly targets a small group of large platform businesses to curb market dominance and ban unfair market activities. The law is expected to impose regulations on major platform players, including Naver and Kakao from South Korea, as well as U.S. tech giants such as Apple, Google, Amazon, and Meta. With South Korea's Fair Trade Commission expected to release a proposal of the legislation next month, the U.S. Chamber said that the full text of any proposed legislation should be made publicly available, calling on Seoul to provide sufficient opportunity for dialogue with a range of stakeholders, including the U.S. business community and Washington. The Chamber claimed that it has monitored similar legislative discussions in multiple countries, and these platform proposals are deeply flawed. It added that these regulations trample on competition that benefits consumers, ignore good regulatory practices fundamental to sound oversight models, and position governments to violate their trade commitments by arbitrarily targeting foreign firms. The number of employees increased by 260,000 from a year ago in December, but the nation saw real wages from last January to November decrease by 0.9%. According to the results of the Business Labor Force Survey for last December, announced by the Ministry of Employment and Labor on Tuesday, the number of workers in businesses with at least one employee as of the end of last month came to 19,823,000, a 1.3% on-year. The number of regular workers increased by 172,000, while the number of temporary daily workers increased by 76,000. As of last November, the average monthly wage per worker was 3,714,000 won, or 2,793 U.S. dollars, an on-year spike of 3.6%. Considering inflation, however, real wages reflecting the purchasing power was equivalent to 3,519,000 won, or 2,646 U.S. dollars, a 0.9% decrease from the same period the previous year. About 30% of the nation's daycare centers and kindergartens are expected to disappear in four years as a record low birth rate trend continues. According to a report by the Korea Institute of Child Care and Education on Tuesday, the number of daycare centers across the nation plunged 21% from 39,000 in 2018 to 30,900 in 2022. The number of kindergartens, meanwhile, slipped 5.1% during this period, from about 9,000 to about 8,500. The report predicted a steeper drop in the coming years due to the declining birth rate, projecting the combined number of childcare centers and kindergartens to drop from over 
539,000 in 2022 to 26,637 in 2028. The estimate predicts that some 12,400 or 31.8% of those facilities will close in just six years. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index fell 1.84 points or 0.07% on Tuesday to close the day at 2,498.81. The tech-heavy Kosdaq also fell, sliding 0.28 points or 0.03% to close at 818.86. On the foreign exchange, the local currency strengthened 6.31 against the U.S. dollar, closing the day at 1,329.41. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. This has been Daniel Chen.